And as we reflect on worship in Job chapter 38, the Lord is asking Job some questions and he says, Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? Or where were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? Well, the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. We're worshiping a God today and throughout our life that is far beyond us. But yet he acknowledges the fact that he wants us to worship him. That's a privilege that we can worship God. Let's pray together. Father, we acknowledge you as creator, sustainer of the universe. And as we worship this morning through considering your word, through praying, through singing, through giving, through the Lord's Supper, it's our desire to offer to you the praise, the adoration that is due you for your glory. As we worship, we know that you're at work in us and through us because of Christ and your spirit who lives within us. For it's in Christ's name I pray, amen. The last two weeks we considered 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 17 through 34. Paul took a very strong stand against the Corinthians for sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. And I ask for a thought question, why would God take such a strong stand against the Corinthians to the point that some of them died and some were sick? What is it about the body of Christ that God values so deeply? Why would sickness and death come from abusing the Lord's Supper? That is, not recognizing the body of Christ. Is the body of Christ different than a team, an organization, an institution, or a business? If so, how? But again, emphasize, what is it about the body that God values so deeply? Why would sickness and death come from abusing the Lord's Supper? That is not recognizing the body of Christ. And I emphasize again is <clears throat> is the body of Christ different than a team, an organization, an institution or a business? If so, how? I'm going to quote <clears throat> from Paul Brand's and Phil Yancey's book on fearfully and wonderfully made where he takes the physical body, and compares it to the body of Christ, because Scripture does that. Compares the physical body to the body of Christ. The secret to membership lies locked away inside each cell nucleus, chemically coiled in a strand of DNA. Once the egg and the sperm share their inheritance, the DNA, chemical ladder, splits down the center of every gene as the teeth of a zipper pull apart. DNA reforms it 
reforms itself each time the cell divides. Two, four, eight, sixteen, thirty-two. Each with identical DNA. Along with the way the cell spe- cells specialize, but each carries the entire instruction book of 100,000 genes. DNA is estimated to contain instructions that, if written out, would fill a 1,600-page books. A nerve cell may operate according to the instructions from volume 4 and the kidney cell from volume 25, but both carry the whole Capendulum. The DNA is so narrow and compacted that all the genes in all my body cells would fit into an ice cube. Yet if the DNA were unwound and joined together end to end, the strand would stretch from the earth to the sun and back more than 400 times. It provides each cell's sealed credential of membership in the body. Each cell possesses a genetic code so complete that the entire body could be resembled or reassembled from the information in any one of the body cells, which forms the basis for speculation about cloning. The designer of DNA went on to challenge the human race to a new and higher purpose, membership in his body. And that membership begins with a Stuff exchange comparable to infusion of DNA for each new cell of the body. The community called Christ's body differs from every other human group. Unlike a social or political body, membership in it entails something as radical as a new coded imprint inside each cell. In reality, I become genetically like Christ himself because I belong to his body. Let's take our Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul has emphasized in the early part of his letter to the Corinthians the fact that The church, if you want to use that term, is a body. It's the body of Christ. And in chapter 11, 17 through 34, he comes across very, very strong about the church being a body. And that's why he is so strongly emphasizing that some of you died. Some of you were sick because you're abusing the blood and the body of Christ. Now, in chapter 12 and verses 12 and 13, he says the body is a unit. He's referring to the body of Christ. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. The physical body is a unit. Many parts, many cells, but they form one. So it is with Christ. What is true of the physical body is true of the body of Christ. DNA, if you please. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Immediately after the Lord's Supper, he brings up the issue of the body of Christ and says the body, physical body is one, so it is with the body 
of Christ. Go over to chapter 4 of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. In chapters 1, 2, and 3, Paul talks about who we are in Christ. In the fact, there is one Christ. In chapter 4, he talks about living that faith out. But in chapter 4, in verse 1 of Ephesians, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. One body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Paul is talking about something very vital to the gospel, to the heart of God, and that is one body. There's not two. There's one. A single body of Christ. Many members, but a single body. Every body member having the same DNA. There can be the body of Christ. We're talking the church. Only through the body, the physical body, and the physical blood of Christ. A paraphrase of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The body is one unit, though it is made up of many cells. And though all its cells are many, they form one body. If the white cell should say, because I'm not a brain cell, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the muscle cell should say to the optic nerve cell, because I'm not an optic nerve, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an optic nerve, where would the ability to walk be? If the whole body were an auditory nerve, where would be the sense of sight? But in fact, God has arranged the cells in the body, each one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If all the cells were the same, where would the body be? As it is, there are many cells, but one body. That analogy conveys a more precise meaning to me, and Paul Brand is stating this because Though a hand or a foot or an ear cannot have a separate life from the body, a cell does have that potential. It can be part of a body as a loyalist or it can cling to its own life. Some cells do choose to live in the body, sharing its benefits while maintaining complete independence. They become parasites or called cancer cells. A body, a single body, DNA running throughout the body, a single head. 
Now, with those thoughts in mind, and the scriptures we looked at the last two weeks, as well as 1 Corinthians 12 and Ephesians 4, the Lord's Supper remembers Christ's body, his physical body, and his physical blood. Christ's sacrifice, his body, his blood, provides for a relationship with God. We come to repentance of sin and faith in Christ. And through this repentance of sin and faith in Christ, we become members of the body of Christ. The body of Christ, the church is a unit. One, there's relationships. To act in any manner that hinders union, relationships, is very serious, according to 1 Corinthians 11, because we had the rich and the poor, the haves and the have-nots, and the early birds and the latecomers. And Paul says, some of you are sick and some of you have died as a result. You have violated the oneness, the unity within the body of Christ. The head, Christ, and his body, believers, are inseparable. Inseparable union. To honor one is to honor both. To reject one is to reject both. Talking about a body, a union that is present. If you have the head Christ, you have the body, his believers, they're united. Now to illustrate that, I need a volunteer. And I will say it'll be worth at least $2 to you. <laughs> Rachel. I saw her hand first. As you can see, I have a hammer in my hand. We're going to have her stand here on the platform, and I'm going to hit her foot. Ready? Hard. You look a little concerned. If I were to hit her foot... Would that involve her brain or her head? Yes. Why? It's going to send a message that it hurts. They're connected. I won't do it, Rachel, but don't leave yet. I have $2 here. It's yours under one condition. You reach out and take it. Thank you. You miss it down. For her to take the two dollars, that involved her hand. What else? Mind, her head, her heart, her lungs. There's a unit. Paul is talking about the body of Christ. That is a unit. Paul Brandt says, in exchange for itself sacrifice, the individual cell can share in what I call the essence ecstasy of community. No science ca- scientist can yet measure how a sense of security or pleasure is communicated to the cells of the body. But individual cells certainly participate in our emotional reactions. Hormones and enzymes bathe them, bringing on a quick, quickened breathing, a trembling of muscles, a flapping in the stomach. If you look for a pleasure nerve in the human body, you will come away disappointed. There is none. There are nerve cells for pain and cold, heat and touch, but no nerve gives a sensation of pleasure. Pleasure 
appears as a byproduct of cooperation by many cells. Do we stop to consider that Paul is considering what is taking place in Corinth with the abuse of the Lord's Supper, a violation of what God designed between Christ and the body, the oneness, the unity, the single body. So I want to take a little time, a few minutes, to contrast the body, the body of Christ, a physical body, with a business, organization, a team, or an institution. In a body, you have DNA. In every cell, all the same in Christ. In a business, or an organization, or a team, or an institution, there's structure, there's planning, there's organization for that to happen. If any of you watched Penn State football yesterday or heard the final score, you know that Penn State apparently had some organization. <clears throat> no, they structured because they beat Akron, I think it was 52-0. They practiced for at least an hour. How about two hours? How about months? The body stands in contrast to a team. There's a common DNA and the body just works together. So if I were to take this hammer and hit Rachel's foot, Rachel would react very quickly. Even before the hammer hits, I'm sure she would pull back. Why? It's a body. Her body. There's DNA. It works in harmony just like that. A team does not function that way. You practice and you practice and you practice so that you know what the play is. The body just responds because it has come in DNA and it has a single head. In the body, there's a head whereas In a business, an organization, or a team, or an institution, you might have a boss, a coach, a CEO. The head and their body respond instantaneously because common DNA. That doesn't happen in a business or an organization. A worker might think, well, what's the boss thinking That doesn't happen in the body of Christ. It just functions as a body. Common DNA. In the body, the body of Christ, you have the Holy Spirit. In a business or an organization or a team or an institution, you have standards, you have rules. Where's the Holy Spirit? He lives within the body within each cell, if you please, of the body, each member of the body. And the Corinthians were violating that with the rich, the poor, the haves, the have-nots, the early birds, the latecomers. In a body, we have relationships, what we call body life. 
Encourage one another, build one another up. In a business organization, team, institution, you have roles and you have responsibilities. And you figure them out. You have positions and you try to make sure everyone does what they're supposed to be or to do. Do you ever think about having a team that is a body, the body of Christ, that has the same DNA? Every one on Penn State's team yesterday has the same DNA and they just function in harmony. It's impossible because they're not a body. There's not relationships there's roles, there's responsibilities. What's a quarterback supposed to do? Well, you work out, so you know what the quarterback is, you know, and guys going out for the, receive the pass and so on, you know. You practice and practice and practice. Within the body, there's relationships. Within the body, of Christ, there's transforming lives, knowing God, knowing Christ, just can't be explained. It's something that is a God thing. Life's change. Someone repents of sins, comes to faith in Christ, and over time they change, they're transformed. But in a business or an organization or a team or an institution, maybe not directly applicable to all of them, but we advertise. Here's what we do. We'll help you. We'll do this. We'll provide this service. In the body of Christ, transforming lives is what shows Christ. Mark difference. In the body, the body of Christ, in the physical body, members contribute. Members contribute. In a business, team, organization, institution, there's consumers. There's takers. Think about a sports team. Those that are actually on the team, they're takers. They get something out of it in some way, shape, or form. Even if it's for fun. You know, I get some fun out of this. Those who go to a sports event are takers. They observe, well, if it's football, 11 guys are out there in the field killing themselves, and 100,000 sit there and consume. And I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying there's a difference. The body of Christ is a body that has members that contribute. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the church in Corinth, they were not contributing. They were consuming. And Paul says that is quite serious. In the body, it's lifelong. There's loyalty. Eternity. There's vitality. So tomorrow morning I get up and 50, I better say more than 50,000, 500,000 cells in my heart say, I'm done. I went out of the body. It doesn't work that way. They're part of the body. 
They work in harmony with one another. It's lifelong. In the body of Christ, it's lifelong. We come to faith in Christ. We're in Christ. But in a business, an organization, a team or institution, the general mindset is as long as it benefits us or benefits me. You know, you can be replaced. Penn State's quarterback. Next three games, he has terrible games. And what's going to happen? Someone else is going to be brought in. Body of Christ. There's an injury to the body. What happens? The white blood cells come. The blood, red blood cells do their thing. And a host of other things happen in the body. Because it's a body. We want this to heal. We want it to be restored. You go to work. Tuesday or Wednesday. Probably have off tomorrow. And you just sit back and take it easy. And don't do anything. My guess will be you'll be replaced. Have you ever consider that in the physical body, the white blood cells don't do anything until they're called to do something? And that isn't every day necessarily. But they're part of the body. The body doesn't get rid of them. They'll perform when they're supposed to. You go to school. You sit and take it easy and don't do a thing. I'm sure something is going to happen. We're going to have to put you in a different class. We're going to have to call in some remedial help or something else. That's not the way it is in the body. It is lifelong. Paul Brandt, who worked with leprosy patients, and I quoted from his book, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. I'm going to quote him again. And what he is talking about, as I read here, is that he has taken a bat. And while it is sleeping, he puts it under his microscope. And the wing is taking a small probe and has punched a hole in the wing to make it bleed. And I quote, Watching the white cells, one can't help thinking them sluggish and ineffective at patrolling territory, much less repelling an attack. Until the attack occurs, that is, I take a steel needle and without waking the bat, prick through its wing, puncturing a fine capillary. An alarm seems to sound. Muscle cells contract around the damaged capillary wall, damming up the loss of precious blood. Clotting agents halt the flow at the skin surface. Before long, scavenger cells appear to clean up the debris. In fibroblasts, the body's renewing cells gather around the injury site. But the most dramatic change involves the listless white cells. As if they have a sense of smell, and we still don't know how they sense danger, nearby white cells abruptly halt their aimless wandering. Like beagles on the scent of a rabbit, they home in from all directions to the point of attack. Using their unique Shape-changing qualities, they ooze between overlapping cells of capillary walls and hurry through tissue via the most direct route. When they arrive, the battle begins. And what happens? The white cells wrap up the bacteria 
and then send off blast to destroy the bacteria. And so sometimes in, their, in doing that, destroying themselves. The body of Christ is so unique. Study the physical body. You learn much about the body of Christ. And I think that is why Paul came down so strongly on the Corinthians. You're hurting the body of Christ, which is a unit, which has common DNA, which has a head, which has a Holy Spirit, which has relationships, which has transforming lives, which has members with lifelong commitment to the body. There's body relationships. We could go on for another hour or two looking at the physical body, at the body of Christ, contrasting it with a team, an organization, an institution, or business. Nothing wrong with those things, but the body stands in distinction to that. And the price that was paid was Christ. It's Christ that forms this body. And Paul says it's very serious to hurt the body. So we want to sing together a song, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. That he can take us who are wretched, who are sinful, who are separated from a relationship with him. And we come into a relationship with the body of Christ.